Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Parenting Podcast, where we try to find meaning through the mess. The following audio is from our live parenting class held here at Stonebridge Church. Each episode will cover a specific topic related to parenting. From discipline to technology, we cover a wide range of important issues that parents need to have down. Now, here's parenting. Um, In full disclosure, though, when we got this email from Josh a couple of weeks ago uh, that we were going to be, I guess, leading this class, I don't know if you've ever seen when they get those on AFV or something, when they open a computer and that scary thing pops out, that was us. We, we were running like Jonah out the door in the opposite direction, and we really panicked. Uh, but <laughs> we ran out of excuses. We recent empty nesters, so uh, they got us to talk. And uh, I guess, Goosey, jump in any time. Um, yeah, Yeah, I'm sure you'll jump in because, uh, but uh, you know, we've, uh, we'll talk about this topic. I had my daughter do this Prezi thing. I'd never dealt with this before and couldn't figure it out. Um, I'd only used PowerPoint. Um, But we're going to talk about today's topic. We got some really good resources that Josh gave us and then obviously uh, the best resource of all, uh, the Word of God. And um, just before we jump in, I'll uh, kind of give you an idea of where we're going and so that on, on this little trip. So first, we're going to just look at grace and what grace is. Um, and grace is really just the best thing that's ever happened to mankind. And we'll look at that a little bit and what it means to us, our children, and uh, mankind. And then we get to the law. What does the Bible say about the law? And um, how do we deal with the law with our children? How do we teach them about it? At the same time, when you deal with the law, you'll see that the law pretty much tells us that after the fall of mankind, um, it's kind of bad news for us. We can't be saved by the law. We need something else. And uh, of course, the answer has been provided in Jesus. Um, and as we walk through life with our kids, uh, Becky last week was writing up there, we should be uh, parenting with the end in sight. And we wrote down a couple of things which we hoped that our children would become. But I think we'll concentrate today on maybe a summary of all of those, and that is getting our children to where they have a saving and loving relationship with their Savior. And um, We'll talk about, especially under point three when we, actually point four, when we talk more specifically about the the rubber meeting the road. Um, Good morning, welcome. Sorry. You get a good seat here, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so when we get to point four, we're really going to talk specifics about how one can in this area, we believe, go to extremes. And um, we might give some labels to those extremes. What we've chosen is legalism and license. Um, They may be helpful for you, but don't have to be. But we'll talk about how um, it really is our obligation to parent and not be passive about that. But although it's daunting because we are sinful people, it's something that we have to do. It's a, a sacred obligation, 
and generally our obligation is going to be to let consequences happen, um, but to let those happen for the benefit of our children, uh, not in retaliation, um, and for, for, to form their characters. And also, at the same time, to develop a relationship with, with our children, whether they're grandchildren, whether we're single parents, um, adoptive parents, uh, blended families. When we step in um, as an agent of God, really, to, for a period of time, um, look at the heart of children. As God does, he looks at the heart and uh, he, he shepherds the heart. And we, we have a, a part in that. And when we build a relationship with a child, we also realize that there will be times when we will absorb those consequences. Um, and that's not an exact science. Uh, that's just where our common sense comes in and our love of God and our children. So with that, we'll jump in. Anything else? Okay, let's see if that'll work. So that's our gang. Um, uh, our son, Kai, uh, actually both our kids are at A&M. Um, so we are now gardening a lot and uh, saving uh, for you. <laughs> anyway, Saskia is uh, 18. Um, so second year engineering and first year teaching. And um, it's been fun watching them from a distance. They, they're both uh, very involved in, in crew. Our shy little daughter about a month ago phoned us that she'd led a stranger to Christ, which we just couldn't believe. <laughs> but it's so uh, we're living vicariously to some extent uh, now that we have boring lives and, <laughs> and two golden retrievers. Okay, so in, any questions before we start or? Okay, there's not much to talk about yet, but we'll get into it. <laughs> so um, really just wanting to start with grace. Um, this uh, passage maybe is familiar to you. I'm not wearing my glasses, but yeah, go ahead, Goose. Okay. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Okay. So a very clear verse of the fantastically, outrageously brilliant, too good to be true, but very true news of the gospel, that it's not, it's not what we do. Uh, we've been saved by grace. Grace is just fantastic. And that's just a re reminder to all of us. I know I'm talking to, to adults here who know that. Um, but I could do with hearing the gospel every single day. In fact, I, I need to because it's just so necessary. Um, then really just a, a few points on what, what it is. We're talking about God's unmerited favor, um, that he loves us. And wants a relationship with us, but our sin stands in the way. And, but because of Jesus, there's a pathway. We experience his favor. And so when we repent of our sins, accept his forgiveness, we are irrevocably his. And that's a wonderful place to be. And when we talk about in our families, there's a, th there's a common theme that we'll see throughout. We want to parent in that way, not conditionally, but just as God parents us in that way, we want our children to know that they are always deeply loved by us. Um, 
when we deal with their behaviors and we allow consequences, they should never feel that the overarching relationship and love is, is under threat. And so, again, this is, we can learn from how God parents us. Because if we're honest, we're only 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead of our kids. Um, we're just children of God. I thought I heard that, that song back there. And we are. And he, he parents us, and, and we imperfectly try to mirror the way he, he parents us. So we did nothing to gain this relationship with God. It was all his doing. And because we didn't do anything, our behavior also can't make us lose that. And so that, that's the secure place we're in. And we'd like to uh, show that to our children too. So our behavior at times, our behavior won't make God love us less, but it can have consequences and normally does have consequences to our health, to uh, the way we experience God, uh, to our relationship in the sense that we, f we feel uh, bad, but it doesn't change anything about how God loves us. Okay, so as I kind of hinted at there, in the same way, in a grace-filled home, um, it's not that boundaries and rules don't exist. I think if we, and we'll delve into this some more, I think in fact we're trying to change, uh, trying to imp uh, better the character of our children, they have to generally exist. Now sometimes we will minimize those so that they're not disproportionate, uh, or if we feel a lesson has been learned, and we'll talk about one or two examples. Um, <laughs> anyway, but they need to feel secure in our love. So just some reinforcement of those same points may be said a little bit differently. Okay, and then here, there's a verse here, children obey your parents in the Lord. It's also in the Old Testament in, in uh, the law uh, of children obey your parents. And, um, and then, uh, you know, there's this Proverbs wis wisdom literature quote where teach a child uh, to walk on the right path and when they're older, they will stay on it. Now, we know that there's free agency of all people, so that's not absolute promise of God, but um, there's wisdom in teaching our children early on. Um, Consistently, and the more consistently and earlier we do it, the less you have to do it later on, uh, because at some stage you hand over, and it's between God and, and your child, um, direct relationship. Um, unfortunately, this one, uh, I kind of overlooked that there, but that was quoted at times by Leanne um, to me, fathers don't exasperate your children. Um, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Um, I guess, yeah, there were times that I made mistakes or maybe lectured too much or whatever. So she called me on that sometimes. <laughs> okay, so um, what about the law? Um, here's this passage where Jesus is saying, 
Um, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come, uh, the light, you see, what did it say? Okay. Well, um, so obviously the law is there in some ways as a mirror. Uh, in Romans also, we see that basically the law, when we look at it, it hasn't gone away. That is still the standard that God demands, and there's no way we can meet it. Um, but it's not all bad news. Um, and here, I, as we talk about the law uh, in Deuteronomy, um, we're told just after the law had been given, uh, we're told to, well, the Israelites were told, but I believe it fully applies to us, to teach your children, uh, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Um, this verse, I believe, really says we must be very deliberate about parenting. And if we don't talk to our children, and that's why I've basically said running commentary about events, about uh, current events, things that happen at school, things that happen in our family, our shortcomings, their shortcomings, and we don't put them up against the law, um, that our children, the, the gaps will be filled by society. And the message out there very often is scary. Very, very scary. Go ahead. We discussed this earlier. And, um, when our kids were, were you know, elementary school, where you would still go and pick your kids up from school and drive home with them. And, you know, we were just saying that the, the moms maybe have a different impact there because you'll be talking about day-to-day -day things, things that happen at school, kids are mean to each other, things people bullied each other. Those are the kind of things where you, every little thing that they talk about, you can bring back to God, back to what does God say? What, what, what does the Bible say? You should have, how you should have responded, how, um, you know, what does God expect of us? You know, every little thing that happens in, in their day-to-day -day life, you can bring it back to what God says. And, and just, I mean, it sounds almost like brainwashing, but it really is kind of, it's not brainwashing in a bad way, but it, it's, it's filling their mind so that that is where they go to naturally. So it's not something they have to think of once in a while. They think, oh, maybe I should look at what you know, the Bible says. It just naturally comes to them. That's what God says. That's right. They learn to process uh, all things that happen uh, through the lens of what God says. And um, nowadays, we don't walk as much as, as maybe they did in those days, but the car is useful. When you drive in the car, they can't go anywhere. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> anyway, I, they, I think my point is uh, <coughs> passively just waiting, then the, the world will fill the, the void. So can I say one more thing there? Yeah. I just know when I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, Christian parents, we went to church every Sunday. But that was it. And we said prayers before meals, but we never spoke about what the Bible said. We never discussed it. We never, you know, that just wasn't part of our day to day life until my parents were older and, and I left home. Then we started doing that kind of thing. But um, for me, when I gave my life to the Lord at about 15, I didn't even tell my parents because I was kind of almost embarrassed. So it wasn't something that was a natural conversation in our home. So I guess what I'm saying is try and make this natural conversation that they would be excited to share stuff like that with you. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, okay, obvious statement of the day. Um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But just a reminder, because uh, 
nobody, including our children, will realize their need for a savior if they don't realize at the same time that none of us, since the fall, can hold the law. And then um, this is uh, Jesus again saying when, uh, I believe this is after they talked to the rich young ruler um, and uh, you know the question, who then can be saved? Uh, what, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Many other verses say the same. Essentially, the very good news, the gospel, which we can never hear enough of. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll get into the stuff that's um, possibly a little bit more concrete about this balancing. Um, so, I'd, in Hebrews, it speaks about, since we respected our earthly fathers uh, who disciplined us, we should, we, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of spirits and live forever? Um, so the way I see it, there's really a relationship that we, that we all, we, we stand here, have this responsibility as parents or parents' figures, um, but we are, are always in line with God, well, we're always responsible to God, um, and God still parents us. Um, then in Ecclesiastes, before this, it talks about uh, um, do not be over-righteous or over-wise, and it talks about balance. Whoever fears God will avoid, all, will avoid all extremes. So these are some of the concepts that we'll now get into um, when we talk about legalism and, and license. Leanne, can you read that? Because with the... So this atmosphere that we're talking about is grace, and we'll talk about uh, this equilibrium or this thermostat or something, um, because sometimes we can even we can undermine uh, the results and the methods, even if they're well intended. And so here I've got a, a spot for us to discuss. Um, this is what I was, as I said, don't these don't have to be um, categories that we necessarily have to hold on to, but. Um, in a minute you can maybe just read that, but just the, the idea of legalism is maybe the Pharisees or, or rules that are um, arbitrary or rules that are just for our convenience or that uh, avoid our embarrassment. Um, and when we have heavy-handed rules that we don't talk through in our, in, our in our children's lives where we don't give the commentary and we, all we're doing is trying to um, uh, manipulate the outward behavior without trying to win the, the, the heart. And then on the other extreme is license, where unfortunately that seems to be quite, a, quite prevalent nowadays where people feel, well, who am I to parent because I'm not perfect, so hey, do whatever. You might be three-year-old and, and you can decide all these things, and we're not being kind to our children if we do that, I, I believe. So, can we just throw this open to the group. I mean, are those 
helpful or can, can we see how these extremes may be harmful? Any specifics, in which is, has anyone had experience either in their lives being parented or going further back? I think sometimes God puts uh, husbands and wives together to balance each other because sometimes one of us leans one way and one of us may lean the other way and you know it, it helps to, to help balance out. It's a very good point. I certainly yeah. know as a young mom, um, I'm sure Grace was in our family, but I, I didn't like think, I didn't think about it. Do you know what I mean? It was just sort of part of our life. Um, and I do know, I mean, you know, sometimes rules are just put there for the convenience of the parent. It's not really to teach the child anything, just because it's annoying or the kids being annoying or they're, you know, they're not being bad. They're just being kids. But you know, parents can sometimes come down really hard on kids when they're just being kids, um, and, and the rule really isn't there to teach them anything. Then get out of the parents' way. <laughs> I'm sure we've all done that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I, this is the, the slide that I think has this and maybe the following, which has the most information. Um, would you mind with the glare? I can't okay. read from um, this side. So, good discipline is always for our kids. We encounter fork-in-the-road opportunities in our homes all the time. Kids are going to break the rules, big and small. Do you want to read more or one more time? Uh, that, one's, that one's probably self-evident. I think here is okay. a lot By of interest. our Heavenly Father parent, we see that grace means responding with discipline in a way that is for our kids, not retaliation, but in their best interest. Yeah, yeah. No, and just lastly, that... Usually, grace-based discipline requires enforcing or at least allowing uncomfortable consequences to shape our kids' character. Grace yeah. refuses to allow kids to grow up to be jerks. <laughs> yet sometimes grace looks like redeeming their mistakes and absorbing the consequences. Yeah. So, I think I think this is this is the crux of it. Um, I do believe the default, at least early on, generally, is allow consequences almost all of the time because they form us. Um, we're not being unkind. I do believe when that happens, it's appropriate you know, and to even mourn with the child. Uh, it's unfortunate that this is happening, um, but talk about it. This, this happened because this was your decision. So this is, this is now what's gonna happen. It should be um, appropriate. Sometimes we can alleviate part of it. Sometimes we may make it a bit heavier. Um, I don't know. You, you have, this is where I believe you use your, your judgment because there are no perfect parents, there are no perfect people. When you use your, your common sense, uh, God's grace will, will help you come across correctly and there will be times when we all totally mess up. But I mean, Leanne has one or two examples, the, the kind is pants or something. Yeah, oh yeah. Everybody's <laughs> kids are different, so you have to, even in your own family, you have to parent different, I mean, some kids are going to be very well-behaved and easy to mold, other kids are going to be very rebellious, other kids are going to be very strong-willed. Um, I was that strong-willed kid. <laughs> but um, just one little example of consequences, you know, I remember when our son was like five, he was at preschool, and he would get very excited, loves to run around, and we'd just 
moved to the US. So we had no money. I just bought him new pants because of course they keep growing. And um, the very first day he wore his new pants, he goes running across the gym and skids on his knees and makes a hole in his brand new pants. And I was pretty mad at him. But um, you know, even at an age like that, you can teach them the value of money. You can teach them that you worked hard for this stuff that they just ruined in five seconds. Um, so I mean, at first I thought, I'm gonna make him buy a new pet because he got, he got a teeny bit of pocket money every week. I mean, very little, but um, I thought I'm gonna teach him that he's gonna you know, pay for these pants that he just you know, tore up. But then I thought, that's really unkind. I mean, you, can't, you can't afford to buy the pants. So what I ended up doing was we went to the store and, and I made him buy a little patch, <laughs> which cost a few cents. But it, it taught him a lesson that you don't just go ruining, you know, so he had consequences. It was not that, you know, he understood it. He knew he'd done wrong. He said sorry, and it was, it was over. No more. Um, we didn't talk about it after that again. So. You want to talk about the one with the with the Culvers episode, with a a, a name a nameless <laughs> oh, child? You have to now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, so I, I guess what you, you're saying is, if if you do your work with your children at a young age. By the time they, they become teenagers, hopefully, and it's not to say it's foolproof because it's not. But um, but there's also the the idea of sometimes redeeming or yeah. just moving on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what I was going to say is, if you get to the point where your kids have, um, you know, they've grown up understanding these concepts and things, sometimes they will actually uh, repent on their own. You don't even have to punish them in the end because they, their own conscience, their own heart will know they've done wrong. They will apologize. In that case, in my opinion, there's no need to punish because they, their own consequences have punished them enough already. So that's where the grace will come in. You know, to still, you know, the, the, the story was that our son was in high school, he had a girlfriend. Oh, now you've identified the child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's all a good thing. Anyway, he, he, he went, she went to a different church, they went to, um, he was driving, um, and they, we had the rule in our home that, um, if they went to one place and they were going to go somewhere else, they needed to let us know, hey, we're going from church to wherever. You know, it wasn't like, a, I just needed to know where they were going. And that was the rule. Anyway, he went, he went to youth group and with her and he was going to come straight home. And suddenly I get this text from a good friend of mine, very excited, happy text. She said, hey, guess who I saw? There's a picture of our son sitting in Culver's, not at church. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so I text my son. I'm like, oh, where are you? He, and he said, just leaving church. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And I sent him the picture. Well, he nearly died. <laughs> so he said, oh, mom. I mean, you could just, you could just hear. He, he was just immediately so repentant. And he said, I'm coming straight home. He came straight home. He came in the door. He was pale. He looked, I mean, he looked like he wanted to, you know, shoot himself in the leg or something. He, he was really, really upset and so sorry. And he said, Mom, I'm so sorry. I just forgot to tell you. And then when you asked, I, it was just such a long story. I just thought, well, I was leaving. I've just come home. You know, it wasn't that he was trying to be bad or, or deceitful. He just thought it was like too much effort to explain the whole story. And he was coming home anyway. And so in that case, I mean, he apologized. He was repentant. I think it taught him a lesson, and that was the end of that. I forgave him, and was in, you know, end of the story. We didn't have a punishment, but he didn't do that again. <laughs> so that's, I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, 
teach them when they're young and when they're older, they'll, their own heart will, yeah. you know. I mean, as adults, we don't get punished for every time we make a mistake, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, when I was doing this teaching my kids when they were young, <laughs> they're like 11 and 13 now, and I feel like they're constantly um, bargaining for leniency. You know, I mean, it's just this constant, and as a single parent, I have to be the the strict one, but I have to be the, the lenient one too. Right. And so I have to find that balance. And so, and you know, whenever they didn't do their homework or you know whatever it is, that's usually it. Yeah. You know, they just they just uh, just bargaining, just pushing, pushing, pushing for leniency. And yeah, I, I just find that kind of hard because it's there are times when I'm exhausted from yeah. work and I'm just like, oh, you just want to give in. Yeah, because it's no. easier. It's easier. Yeah. No, I want them to give in. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to, you know. You want them to, to stop nagging you. I want them to be like your son and yeah. say, you know, yeah. my dad. But then he was 18, 19 at yeah. that point. You know, yeah. when he was 11. I look forward to that. Different <laughs> but, and, and that's not even to say that a kid that you've done all the right things with might not still rebel. That doesn't mean you've done everything wrong. They all, I mean, we, we just were lucky to have kids who were pretty compliant kids, but doesn't mean they didn't make mistakes along the way. Yeah, and it, it certainly helps. I, I can't imagine how it is to do the job alone. Uh, you know, very, very hard. I can only imagine. The, the one thing is just repeating some of these things here is um, the love. Communicate that frequently. And the more the, I think you still have time, the more the consequences do apply, um, the less you'll have to uh, worry okay, about it afterwards. And then as they get older and you see they're starting... And the consistency, now, the consistency will... will yeah. we've got they'll see that. Treaters, right? A puppy of six months who's all over the show when you go walking and then we've got an old guy. That's not in the lecture. No, it's another one. Anyway, so I was just thinking, it's a bit like teaching a puppy how to walk on its leash. In the beginning, you've got to be you know, telling yeah. them keeping them on the pathway, that's how it is at this stage of your life. And it's hard work, but eventually, if you, if you do it while they're young, yeah. by the time they're older, they're gonna walk nicely next to you. Yeah, kind of that's a good analogy. Yeah. So are you gonna say? Yeah, well, I think in our household, we have um, two children that are at two different ends of the spectrum, uh, and both of them are very young at age six and eight. We have, and it's hard to live in one household with one set of rules and consequences across the board that everyone has to abide and, and by when you have one that's completely pushing the limits all the time. So it seems like that one gets a lot more consequence. And you have one that messes up every now and again and he gets a give it more leniency. There again, I just showed which one was which. But, um, <laughs> but we have, you know, it, and so, to have, it's what I struggle with sometimes is I find myself on a razor's edge with one and a lot of grace with the other, which, um, which causes resentment. Which causes resentment between the two children. And um, and you you want to be fair. You want to be fair, yeah. and the rules apply to both. But mm -hmm. yet, when you know you have one that constantly gets in trouble, like four or five or six or eight or 10 or 20 times a day to one that gets in trouble maybe five times a week. It seems very hard and you know, you, and you have one with a kind heart that says, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. And, you know. You know what we did with our kids? Some of you know this, but I'm not gonna tell you. Um, 
have seen it before. We got, uh, we saw it, we read it somewhere, but we had three pots on the table. Um, and, we and we don't think this is the only way, no, it's but. just one thing we did. Mm. Um, and this way, maybe he'll be getting the consequences, but he'll see that it's his or she has caused it, right? It's, they've got to take it upon themselves. It's not just punishment from you, so they resent you. They've got to see this, this is me causing this to happen, yes. right? That's really, I think, the difference. So we had a pot for each of the kids. We started the week with some pocket money in each of the pots. We had them in 20, in 25 quarters, so they're easily movable. And if they did something bad or naughty, they, we would say, go take a quarter out of your pot, and they had to put it in the middle pot, and they'd take it out. If they did something good, we could say, okay, you can put one back. So you weren't only punishing the bad behavior, but you, if they did something good, they could earn it back. So they would start seeing it a little bit as, I, it's my, if I stop doing that, I'm gonna stop taking the money out of my pot. Every time I, and you've got your rules clearly stated, and they get the same consequence, but it's not like, looking like, um, and showing, people, favoritism. showing favoritism. And the one advantage of that, the one advantage of that, it, it was quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having, having one of them always stuck in the corner or something, yeah. that then seems like, wow. Pick up the money at the end of each week. Yes, so whatever was left in their pot with their name on it, that was their, their money. Did you get the middle pot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the bank. <laughs> You pray a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think um, Leanne, if you wouldn't mind reading this one more time, and then this this is possibly where, in your situation, which is probably not atypical. Um, your common sense and your relationship with your child is what will have to guide you through that because there's no hard and fast rule. Um, so anyway, just maybe in summary, just read the whole thing quickly. I know you're not supposed to do that, but go. <laughs> there are no perfect parents. Use your common sense while acting for the child. Having a grace-based relationship with our kids simply means they have our favor and love regardless of the situation. They keep their identity of loved sons or daughters no matter what. But love often requires that we discipline them, and discipline is a spectrum of responses, from mercy to heavy consequences, all of which are forms of grace when they are done with the kids' best interests as our ultimate goal. And the only way we'll be able to discern when to give our kids consequence, mercy, or anything in between is if we've built a close relationship with them. You may mention some of when, it, it will happen if it hasn't already, that your kids lie. Oh yeah. And, and you know they're lying. And this was more with one child, just generally. With one child, yeah. mm -hmm. um, send the child up to their room and um, just let them. I, I would just say, just go and think about what I've said. 
and, and remove myself. And, and a lot of these things kind of happened by accident. Uh, we didn't like plan that this was gonna, you know, but suddenly I'm like, oh, that worked pretty well. Because after a few minutes or hours, she'd go up there and, and have a little cry and, and obviously think about it. And she would write, she would come downstairs with an apology letter. Um, become convicted, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not every time, I mean, my son didn't do that, but this is the one thing that she did. And she'd come down and she knew she'd done wrong. And then the tears would flow and then she'd you know, say sorry and we'd have a, a nice chat and it would be, it would be over. But in, in the beginning I would be, you know, I'm kind of stubborn too, and so I'd be like, you know, admit it. And they just wouldn't. So sometimes it's better just to let them go away and think about it. And the waterboarding didn't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your story of Kai's tantrums early on, okay, uh, that, that was, was also... Another, that was Any questions there? Okay. Okay. Um, oh, can you read again, oh, Goose? This is a summary. I think we forgot to mention. Go ahead. Um, some of the, um, you know, when you look at grace and, and, um, and the law, you know, I mean, as, as Gannon did say, we, we are sinful humans ourselves. We mess up all the time um, with this running commentary. Um, and, and that running commentary is so good when we mess up because we can also admit our failures to them. And I think that's so important. I mean, that's one of the things you said about your mom that you really cared about most about your mom was how she shared, how she failed. Um, you know, if we can let our kids know that we are going to fail, um, we have also failed, we, we teach them that you can ask forgiveness, we teach them that you can forgive the other and keep loving each other and move on. And so I think we've had many opportunities to do that. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, we will mess up. And um, we have to, I believe, help our kids see how we process that. And sometimes it's very humbling because you, you're apologizing to your child because what you just did um, broke, broke God's command. And... Um, you're right. I think it it's, might not be comfortable, but if you try and act like you're perfect, I think you're setting yourself well, up. They will resent us because they will, they will see the hypocrisy. Yeah. And that's it. It's funny because his dad is disciplining Spencer. He's disciplining the hell out of Spencer. And he doesn't even see it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm sitting there, a little picture of that, you know. It's a hard pill to swallow when you're actually 
discipline you out of your child. And wow, that's the truth. It didn't yeah. go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Are you telling me that? I don't know. It's just, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that is that is a sad truth because suddenly we suddenly we see something we don't like in our child and then we know where it comes from. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they're so blind, yeah. so blind he doesn't see it. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. older, he's a pilot, he's very controlling, and it's like mm. just praying, Spencer just getting seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is really the, the point of this. Again, it's not a this is not a rule, but there there's definitely a danger. Uh, when we have rules over relationship of rebellion. And um, there's a danger of resentment when we have no rules and uh, also no relationship or because our relationships suffer. Well, probably if we're unsteady between those two. You know what I mean? Then the child never really knows. It's not right. right. Yeah, it's which not, adds, which adds on. It's not mm. a, a consequence. It's a charting course, you know, a steadiness. So, yeah, I would say in the beginning, you've got to, in the beginning, we did Growing Kids God's Way many years ago. I can't remember all that much about it, except I do remember them saying, if you do your job well, in the first four years of your child's life, you're going to hardly ever have to, well, they were talking about spanking in those days. Like, they were going to say, if you, if you spank the magicals, you know, controlled ways, after they're four, you're almost never going to have to spank anymore, because they will, they will know that you mean it when you say it, you know. So, anyway. um, I, I just chose this to summarize pretty much that um, we're still, the point I've made a number of times here is as we parent, we're also still being parented and a cause for humility, um, lots of prayer and uh, just love for our kids, but not, not neglecting the law because the law is there to it's still what God knows is best. Um, so that, that's the end of the, the formal part, I guess. And if you, anyone wants to chat or talk about or kick something around, uh, now would be the time. I know one thing I've done with my kids, which I think they've responded well to, is not only when I tell them that I mess up now as an adult in interacting with them, I'll tell them about when I messed up when I was their age. Yeah. said, this is what happened, yeah. and these are the consequences I had to, yeah. you know, experience. And I think it's encouraging to them because they, you know, I mean, in my little hormone-infested children right now, <laughs> you know, everything feels so immediate and so dire mm. and so into the world and so big. You know, everything's, mm. like, too big yeah. for them with all their emotions and everything. And so yeah. when they say, well, you know, mom messed up, yeah. She's still alive at her age. You know, I mean, she, you know, it, it helps you get the long view. Yeah, it does. Um, plus, the, I, I, I used to also use that when I was doing the constant commentary on things, <clears throat> things that had gone very badly for myself when I was younger or for someone else. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd say something to the effect that, well, you can learn by experiencing that yourself or you can learn from what someone else experienced, and um, sometimes we do, and then you can avoid the pain. Um, sometimes we don't, and, and that's, that's a good point. Um, I think we're all first-time parents, right? Everyone is a first-time parent, and you're pretty much, but what I think a lot of times I have problems with is even being a first-time parent three times over, 
what do you base your parenting skills on, or what do you pay, base your your personal <coughs> skills on? Is your experience as a child with your with yours a lot of times? And if it wasn't, be it we've had a broad spectrum, be it very good or very bad, you try to find some type of happy medium, whether it shows you what you want to do or what you don't want to do. But I think this kind of pointed out to me is maybe I shouldn't be looking back at that. Maybe I should be looking to something else. I think the main the main point for me, and and I didn't do this when I was you know when my kids were little. I was so busy I didn't think about these things. I wish I could go back and do better, you know. But I think the main the main point for me is to parent your children not just to control their behavior but to to change their hearts. You want them to be self changing. They want them to be wanting to behave because they want to behave, not because they're going to get you know, in trouble if they Because you know you'll hand them over. Right. Um, and then you'll step aside and it's, it's done. It's too late at that stage. Uh, it's too late for us. They're going to go to um, college and do what they're going to do at that point. Yeah. I give I give one example. It came up in the in the sermon this yeah. morning. Um, how exactly did Josh mention that part about Sunday? Um, he wasn't allowed to play football. Josh wasn't allowed to play football because it was on a Sunday. And we, uh, I'm not saying it has to be a hundred percent rule, but similarly, uh, our son was uh, talented at soccer, <laughs> and. Um, there were certain things that we, we knew he was missing out on that, but we thought it was far more important that they see what is important for us as a family. And our, we protected our family time uh, from, from intrusions and our Sunday fr- the, in the same way. And they, they, they had to sacrifice. Uh, he could have probably done better at soccer. Um, and, but would you, that, that was one of the things growing up. Anyone could call anyone on, on that, and, and we gave our kids the, uh, the opportunity to call us on, on any of the, the, those major things. Well, if d- Fighting with each other, you know, that, those kind of, it was just more relational type, type rules. As I said, we were lucky our kids weren't re- overly rebellious, so we didn't have to deal with some of the hard things that some parents do have to deal with. But, but if our, our, our aim is still to um, step away and have our children have a saving and loving relationship with God, there'll be some things that we'll do as a family, uh, prayer, um, that, that I think will signal how we feel, uh, messed up as we are about uh, our Savior, um, that would sometimes just rub off, that's what we do. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, you're negotiating forever. 
Mariah, you, otherwise you, everyone is a negotiation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to stop the negotiating. <laughs> I'm praying for the age that they quit fighting. <laughs> I threatened the other day to go get some blow-up boxing gloves and let them settle it on the trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know once our kids were fighting in the back seat, we were going somewhere, and Gandalf threatened that he would stop the car and deal with it, and they didn't stop, and he did stop the car and get out and deal with it. You know, Right then and there, and they didn't do that again. I don't mm. think. I wish we could stop fighting sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything else? We well, had a cardinal rule at our house that you couldn't go from the one parent to ask the other parents. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a serious <laughs> sin. <in our laughs> <laughs> See, and now there's texting because I did that when I was younger. I knew if mom said no, dad was upset. I could go find dad. But now. <laughs> Tries to do that, and I'll text my husband, like, she just came, and he'll be like, Did you just go to the mall? You know, and he's like, Where did you go? And I'm like, Thank Where was that the one I was Lord for texting. Sometimes like, nice. Times I remember being spanked as a kid. Because I asked my mom for something, she said no, and I went to my dad, and he said yes, and I'm sitting there eating the MMs, and my mom said no, and they said no. Lesson learned. <laughs> well, if that's it, should we end in prayer then? Precious Lord, we thank you for this time uh, together to focus on your word and focus on relationships. And we thank you for the blessing of children and that we can be involved in this wonderful process of seeing uh, young children grow up. Um, we praise you for that. Uh, but Lord, we at the same time <coughs> admit that as fallen people, it's a daunting job for us. Uh, we pray that as we interact with, with our children, that you would give us grace, the grace we need, and give us wisdom to influence them and to guide their hearts, to shepherd their hearts right into your arms, Lord. We love you. Amen.